Welcome to episode 74 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Nathan, in our last episode, we spent time discussing how in the world are we going to pay for all the new initiatives, all the new programming, all our staffing for this year. And you reminded us of three actions that executive directors need to be doing to be effective in their fundraising. And it was really good stuff. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. We also discussed the reason that fundraising comes up so often in our podcast. It's the area in which we receive the most questions and desire to receive help. Yeah. You know, Tim, in general, a nonprofit executive director should be spending 50% of their time solely on fundraising. That's the benchmark. 50%. So that's that's like the average amount of time you should be spending. And, you know, I, I get it. I mean, very few executive directors of small to medium nonprofits are anywhere close to 50%. It's because you just, you don't have the resources. You have all of these other things that you're responsible for. And so being able to spend, you know, four hours a day, every day doing nothing but spun, but fundraising is probably out of touch for a lot of executive directors. That is what you should be working towards. And, you know, you're right, Tim, it is the single biggest question we get and by far the most uh, requests for help. And, you know, I guess it kind of is is expected because without a highly performing fundraising system in your organization, you will always struggle to maximize your vision and mission. Well, and that's why we keep talking about <laughs> about it and why we offer opportunities to talk more about your own individual organization. When it comes to questions, right behind fundraising is the question, how do I spend my day as an executive director? There are so many demands on my time. Sometimes it's just me. How do I get everything done? I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll, I'll say it again here. Uh, in my opinion, being an executive leader, executive director of a small to medium-sized organization is one of the toughest jobs on the planet. It is, and it's often because leaders just, you don't have access to the tools that you need to be successful. You, you don't have, you don't have the right staffing. You, you don't, you have good staff. You have wonderful people doing the best they can, but they're not trained at a level they should be. They don't have the necessary skill sets that they need. You certainly don't have access to the tools and the systems, which, oh, that's what we're talking about today, Tim. And it's just, it, it's it becomes so difficult. So if that's you, and if you're struggling and you just, you seem like you're getting further and further behind, you're not alone. It's not just you. It is, it is the vast majority of, of small to medium nonprofit executive director. And I think it's something you keep wrestling with too. I mean, how many conversations, Nathan, do you and I have on a weekly basis about how are we managing our time and our priorities and trying to be productive and get to everything. So it's not to be depressing and say, you're never going to you know, reach the mountain, but it is something you constantly are growing in and understanding and, and tweaking. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, because, you know, every week, Tim and I are talking to, to you, the people listening to this podcast. And I'll tell you, it is some of the best time of the week for both of us. 
uh, we often talk to each other. We wish we didn't have a, sometimes <clears throat> we wish we didn't have a day job because, you know, we just have so much fun doing this podcast and talking to you. And it is, it is so much fun. And the listening to some of the, some of the issues that, that you're dealing with, some of the problems that you have and talking through those and helping to maybe provide some solutions. And, you know, Tim, you and I, we're not, we don't have every answer. We don't know what to do in every situation. Um, I was talking to to one of our listeners on Friday and we talked through some things and I gave an answer at, to a, a question that they had and we hung up and after the call about an hour later, I emailed them and said, nope, scratch that. I, I don't, I didn't like the answer that I gave because the more I thought about it, the more time I had to think is like, no, that was a bad answer. So I emailed, I emailed him and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to re-answer your question. I just need a couple of days to, to be able to get it down. So we don't know every answer, but I do, Tim, I think we have some perspective. Uh, we've been doing, each of us have been doing this a long time. And uh, so if you're listening to this and you're struggling with something, you have questions, you don't know what to do. Gosh, just you know, reach out to us. Send us an email. Uh, our emails are always in the show notes, and we would love to take twenty minutes, a half hour, forty five minutes, and listen to where you're at, what's going on, and see if we can add some perspective to it. Well, since the question on how do I spend my day is our number number two question, uh, that's why we thought we'd dive into it today. There are no shortages of books, seminars, systems, classes on productivity and time management. It's just overwhelming sometimes because there's so much out there. So we decided today to just share four what I consider relatively simple steps to take in deciding what to do with your day. And so let's dive into it. The first thing, and I've started to see how important this is, the first thing I would encourage you to do is to pay attention to your rhythms and your energy levels. So as you're thinking about how am I going to spend my day, what I'm going to do, first of all, you know, am I a morning person? Am I an evening person? And I think the, the key is that whenever you come alive, whenever you have the energy, whenever that is, um, you should be doing the most important things and the key things in that chunk of time. But it's important for you to pay attention. When do you, when, do you have the most energy and excitement and focus? Put the key things in there as well. And some of the less taxing things, do that when you're when you don't have as much energy. Yeah. You know, Tim, you you read all of the thousands of books or tens of thousands of books and podcasts and and newsletters on this topic. And it's always, you know, get up at 5 a.m. or you know, get up, do it in the morning, do this, do this, do this, and do it all in the morning. And I know, Tim, for you, you're an early riser and an and early morning person, and you get a lot done between 6 and 8 a.m. <clears throat> for me, when I get out of bed in the morning, maybe I need a new mattress, Tim, but every every muscle in my body hurts. And the last thing I want to do at six o'clock in the morning, well, first of all, I don't want to be up at six o'clock, but I am, uh, is, is to dive into hard work. And for me, my energy time, my rhythm is from three until five in the afternoon. That is when I am, I am, I'm hitting on all eight cylinders. And then again at night at about eight o'clock, eight thirty. I start to ramp up. I, my, my brain is working. My body is ready. 
Uh, and I tell you when we were younger and we had kids, well, we still have kids, but when they were at school age and I've worked from home, uh, since the late nineties and, you know, at three o'clock, I'm like, my energy's coming up. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to dig in. Well, you know, that's when the kids are coming home from school. And it was, it was, there were some years that was really hard for me. I had to work in time blocks that were outside of my typical energy level. Uh, so I guess the moral of that story is it doesn't make any difference what time of day your time is, as long as you can figure it out within your your workday and your other things that you have going on. So don't just because everybody says do it from you know six to eight doesn't mean you have to do it that way. The key that we're we're talking about here is figure out what are your rhythms, when are you most productive, when do you have the energy, and then put some of your most important tasks and work in that time. And plan some of the other things that don't take as much energy in in the low energy times. So pay attention to your rhythms. Um, the second thing here, and and again, none of this is rocket science, but the second point is identify what you're trying to achieve first. What are you trying to achieve? How do you decide on what your priorities? And let me, you know, let me give you a hint. It's not by reading your email first. What what about Twitter? Is it Twitter? Well, Twitter's close. Oh, <laughs> darn it. It's the idea of taking time before you get ready to work to, to decide ahead of time what are your priorities rather than being governed by the tyranny of the urgent with all the things coming in. And that's, I mean, that sucks the life out of me when I'm just trying to answer all the emails and trying to do all the things everybody expects from me rather than stopping first and saying, hey, What's going to move our organization forward today? What are the one or two, three things that I need to do first? (laughs) And then I'll answer all the emails and do everything. But it's important to identify what are you trying to achieve and put that as, as one of the first things you do. Nathan's talked about some of the key things an executive director needs to do with fundraising and, and marketing and some of those, those key things. Those need to be pretty high priority. When you think about what you're going to do that day, consult your plan. What's your roadmap? What's your goal sheet? Um, and I'm assuming, I guess, that you have those. But doing but doing something, you've taken some time to think about what are the most important things I could be could be doing that. And and Nathan, sorry, I kind of jumped ahead of you a little bit, but you talk about what the main priorities are for an executive director. Yeah, and you know they they fall into into main categories: fundraising, program development, marketing. Uh, you know, those are kind of the big three. Also, probably finances in there and admin, other areas. And you know, the other yesterday we had a function that we were doing uh, late in the afternoon into the early evening that my wife and I volunteered at. And so, my wife's a teacher. So we decided our plan was I took her to school in the morning and then that way I could pick her up in the afternoon after school. We went to the event and then we just have one car at the event. And so I got there to pick her up yesterday afternoon and I was a little early. I try to get there early before the buses leave the school grounds because it is absolute chaos when those buses start to leave. So I got there early, got my spot and I'm sitting there. And the first thing I did was reach for my phone. And of course, you know, I, I, probably was going to go to whatever Twitter or whatever. And I intentionally sat it back down and I just sat there and I had probably 10 minutes where I just let my brain coast, just, just relax. I didn't have any input. I didn't have the radio on. I just, I just was there. 
And as is usually the case when I do that, I started to get some, you know, some solutions to some problems I had, a couple of ideas that came up. And so I think some of that is, you know, yes, being ready and being prepared and knowing what it is that that the important things that need to be done during the day. Uh, but I also think part of that is just giving yourself time once in a while to to put your mind in a neutral and let it process on its own. And a lot of problems get solved for me by doing that. So it's important to identify before you start going into your day, identify what are your priorities? What are you trying to achieve? How are you going to, how are you going to carry that out? Even if it's only two or three really important things and you get those two things done and Hey, you had a you had a successful day. No matter all the other stuff that you know, the phone calls and the people knocking on your door and you know all of that stuff, all of those fires that you have to put out. But if you have two or three really important things and you got those done, hey, chalk that up as an A plus day. Our third area is something that I know uh, Nathan is really focused on. I think this year, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that, Nathan. But it's it's the idea of chunking your time. What the heck is that, Nathan? Yeah, I used that. Uh, we did an episode. I think it was it in December or January, Tim. We did uh, our, our three words or my three words, and that's a process that Tim and I have done for years. Uh, and it's kind of just three words that we're going to focus on that'll kind of define our year and what we're uh, giving us a big, you know, hundred thousand foot overview of what we're going to focus on for the year. And and one of my words was chunking. And other than just, I really like saying the word chunking because it's fun to say, um, it's really goes back to spending your time doing, staying focused on certain things. And, you know, one of the ongoing uh, arguments that my wife and I have is a thing called multitasking. And the the core principle of multitasking, the theory behind it, was actually initiated by a study in 1991 by Holstrom and Milgram. Hope I'm saying that right. But they have a core principle of multitasking, and it says that agents will focus their effort on measurable and rewarded tasks at the expense of other tasks. And then they went on to say, when a higher effort on one task raises the marginal cost of effort on the other tasks whether or not there's adverse effects on both. So it is, if you're doing one thing and then at the same time you're doing another thing, do both of those things get equal time and equal focus or does one get overtaken by the other? So, and my wife and I are diametrically opposed to this issue. She swears up and down that she can multitask and focus on multiple things at at the same time and actually ridicules me that I can't. Now, I am of the opinion, and well, you know what? Let's just call this Nathan's theory of multitasking. And my theory says you cannot efficiently or effectively split your attention among two or more things at the same time. It cannot be done. That is my humble opinion. And especially the more complex that the activities are. So for an example, Can you do the dishes and talk on the phone at the same time? Yeah, sure. We could probably do that. And we could probably be pretty effective at the same time. But can you talk on the phone and solve a physics problem at the same time? Probably not. 
uh, one or the other is going to take your attention while the other does not. And you may be able to bounce back and forth, but you can't totally focus on physics and talking on the phone at the same time. So by chunking our activities, you take one problem or one task that you're trying to focus on and you do nothing but that until it's done. And so, for example, let's say you're getting prepared for your board meeting next week. All right. So we block out an hour of time and then we work solely on that board meeting preparation. So what are chunking? What are the chunking parts? Well, okay. So we may have to finish the agenda. Uh, we may have to work. If you're using a presentation, you're working on the presentation or the notes that you're going to use when you present the material. Maybe you need to contact a program person to get some of the final data that you need for the, your presentation. Uh, you got to make sure that the food and drinks are figured out, whether you're having a meal or snacks or whatever. Uh, you have to review your finance report, make sure that's in order, review your fundraising reports, make sure that's in. So you do all of those in the same block of time so that you have a a deep focus on that as opposed to saying, okay, uh, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on it now. And then I'm going to take this phone call and then 10 minutes, I'm going to do 10 minutes and then I'm going to do something else. It, it is you're, you're bouncing all over the place. And every time your mind bounces somewhere else, you're losing focus, you're losing time, you're losing efficiency. So by chunking things together, you're going deep on one thing until it's done, and then you're going to another. I think one of the challenges, Nathan, uh, in doing that is it takes some some prep work around it because we live in such a time where we're getting notifications on our on our phone or our laptops popping up with hey, you know, somebody's got an email, and and so. To actually do this successfully, I think you need to set it up to where you have the ability, for the most part, to really give your mind to that one thing. And I think we all are probably limited in how much, you know, how much time we can focus on one thing. So maybe it's an hour and then a break or whatever, but right. finding out what works for you. But there has to be some intentionality probably. Yeah. Be able and, to do and, that, right? And maybe it's a half hour, you know, or even 20 minutes. There, There's, uh, I forget what it's called, but there's a, a theory out there that says you you go all out on one thing for 20 minutes, you know, set an alarm, alarm goes off, take a five minute break, another 20, alarm, another 20. And then at the end of the, that's 20, 40, yeah, that's 60. That, that's my math. I got to use my fingers. Uh, and then at the end of that hour, you take a 15 minute break or whatever. Well, okay, that's great in theory. It's great in the textbook. Uh, but in reality, things are different, right? People are knocking on your door. Phone calls are coming in. Emails are coming in. And so I think some of that, Tim, is is also um, setting the expectation with your board members, with your staff, with your volunteers saying, hey, I'm, you know, I spend, I, I do this. I spend an hour of my time on this. So if you need me, unless, you know, unless the building's actually burning down, right? You know, when, when I'm focused on this, I'm I'm glad to see you in a couple of hours or this afternoon or tomorrow, but I'm focused on this and you're just going to have to wait. And I think the the open door, I've, some of the questions that I've gotten recently was, is basically about an open door policy. And it's like, well, it's my policy. My, I have an open door policy and I want to talk to my staff or my volunteers anytime that they come in and you know, I'm not a huge believer in that. I think there's a limit because you have a job to do and your job it entails heavy focus time on the real things that need to be done to move this organization forward. And yes, 
you've got to have time for board members. And yes, you've got to have time for volunteers. Yes, you have to have time for donors. Yes, you have to have time for end users that that want to talk to you. Yes to all of that. But there's a limit and you have to make sure that you are a good manager of your time. And by chunking, that's one way you you can efficiently manage your time. And if you really want to have an open door policy, you can chunk that. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, Tim. I'll tell you what, because so I have a team that I lead and we are scattered around the U.S. And what I started to do, like I've I've invested in a couple systems. So I have a no no meetings on Tuesday that for the 2023. That's my new thing. I'm not going to I'm not going to have any meetings on Tuesday because I really want to give time to work. But on Wednesdays, for about an hour, hour and a half, I have an open door policy. It's actually an open Zoom policy. But I turn my Zoom on for an hour, hour and a half, and any of my team can come in there if they want to want to connect and say, hey, um, I need to talk to you about this. I'm like, okay, cool. If no one shows up, I'm just working on stuff that doesn't take a lot of energy. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I've checked that, is that cool. time. Yeah. You know, I get lucky once in a while. I come up with that. Um, <laughs> I but, didn't even. Anyway. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, but I guess what I'm saying is, again, is intentionality. You can even chunk that kind of a a time where you say, "I have these times in my schedule where, if you really need me, you can you can open the door and come in." Yeah, you could do that with board members. You could you could tell your board members, "Hey, you know, give them the time and and whatever. Just hop in, ask questions." You could do it with with some of your top donors. You know, some of that you're you're cultivating. You could. That is a yeah. great idea, Tim. The cool thing is, Zoom has a waiting room, so you can leave some people in the waiting room if you want to. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, sorry, go ahead. Well, and to that to that point, I do. Uh, I am. Uh, let's see, how do I say this? I haven't thought about how I was going to say this because it just came up. You know, just because somebody calls you or texts you or emails you, that doesn't mean that you have to respond immediately. And so there are, there are, there are times. And and I always, when I end staff meetings, um, I always, I always send off with call me if you need me. And that is, that is the last thing every time. And, and that is an honest thing call me if you need me. Uh, Now that doesn't mean I'm going to answer the phone every single time, no matter what. Uh, And so after I'm finished with whatever I'm working on, you know, I know that I know that I, I I know there's a voicemail I'll go and look at and I'll call them back. And they understand that that's, you know, if I'm not deep into something, I'll answer the phone. But if I am, they might get a call back in a half an hour or 40 minutes or something. So it kind of leads into our last point here. And that is, uh, the kind of things that we're talking about is somewhat putting systems in place. And that's the fourth, the fourth point is to invest in systems. And I, and I have to say, I'm sure people would argue with me, but it doesn't matter what system you use, to be honest, just choose one and work with it. Um, maybe you're like me. I always, I kind of like the shiny stuff. So if a new thing comes out, a new program, a new app, I'm like, Ooh, I, everybody's, I'd like to jump in there. And, and, you know, maybe that's okay, but just pick something and say, I'm going to work it and I'm going to put it in place. We, we have people talking about us again, we're old guys. So we've been around for a while, but um, <laughs> someone says, you know, should I use paper? Should I use digital? Should I do both? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What, what's going to help you be productive? What's going to help you 
you know, carry out your plan, carry out the things that are your priorities. So I actually do a little bit of both. Most of my stuff is on digital, but there are times where I like to write things down. I like the feel of writing things in a journal or a diary or paper or something, you know? So, um, but it doesn't matter. Just pick something, keep it simple. You know, there's all kinds of systems like, oh, that's so cool. Everything's connected. Just start simple. What helps you take the next step? And, uh, you know, some simple, simple examples of systems, a couple that came to my mind. One was I, I have been for probably the last 18 months have been using theme days where I look at each day and have a general theme for it. So Mondays are my meeting days. And I just know that I'm not going to put any heavy work, heavy thing that needs a lot of my energy on Mondays, because those are the days I'm meeting with my my boss. I'm meeting with my team. I'm meeting some individual groups of people. And so Mondays is meeting day. Tuesdays is my get down work day, no meetings. And that's when I schedule the things that need the most energy. So each kind of just each day saying, what's my main priority? And it just helps guide the, the things I choose to do. So that that's a simple system that could help you give some, some priority. Um, Nathan, I know, and I think you probably, we talk about Rob Hatch all the time and yeah, these guys, <laughs> but um, you know, you, you've really took have taken on the thing of having like three priority items that you do during your main energy time. Um, you want to talk yeah. about that for a second? Yeah, I do. And, and there uh, they have a daily planning sheet that I use and I used it. Uh, and I think we found out about it probably in 2021, maybe 2020. Uh, and in, in the first two years I used it, but I used it sporadically. Uh, and I found myself tending to use it when I was like really deep in uh, preparation for something or, you know, getting ready. We have quarterly board meetings. And so, you know, the first, the two weeks before the board meeting, where I had a whole, all this stuff I was trying to get done, I would use it. And so going into uh, 23, I really, uh, committed to myself to start using it every day. And even if I don't have a lot on it, I still have it. Every, I have one for every day. And I, uh, I'm like you, Tim, I do like to write. Uh, that is my preferred way of, of documenting things. But my problem was when I, and I, what I would do is I would print out uh, the sheet for that day and I would have it and I would have my notes on it. And I would put all of my you know, it's got a, a calendar. So I take off of my electronic calendar. I put down for the day where my blocks are. And then I got my three primary things that I'm trying to, to uh, get accomplished and then other areas. And so then at the end of the day, I've got this whole document front and back is covered with notes. It's got donor notes. When I talk to a donor, it's got staff notes. It's got all of this stuff on it. Well, then it's like, uh, well, okay, what do I do with it now? And so I started taking a picture of it and then I would anyway. So what I did going into 23 was I made it a PDF. And then uh, because I am an Apple guy and my iPad and my Apple pencil, I, I now have it on my iPad. And so every day I just make a new copy of it, put a new date on it and I can write on it with my Apple pencil. And so I got the best of both worlds. I've got, I, I can write, I get the, the, the tactile, uh, stimulation of writing and I never lose it. It's, it, it's always there. Now I've had to up my, I've had to up my storage and my Apple storage. So that's kind of a negative, but yeah, it's 
what a couple bucks a month. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I that's how I've done that, and, and I do it really has helped me to. Uh, and, and there's there's notes from you know two weeks ago. I can I could scroll back and say, oh yeah, that's what I was. That's what I remember. So anyway, so that's that's kind of the system that I'm using right now, and so far it's working really well for me. One of the best system things that you can do is just the idea of trying to plan ahead. You know, whether it's Sunday night, sitting down and looking at your week and saying, hey, what are the most important things for the week? Or whether it's planning the next day, the night before, or first thing in the morning. I know you like to do it first thing in the morning going, going through that. Yeah. And, and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I think, and again, you can put your stuff down and, you know, your car breaks down. Well, the whole plan's out the window. Mm-hmm. But at least you can jump back into it and you you have those things that as soon as you can you can you can jump into it the key is plan ahead put success in front of you yep <laughs> you know yep. and and start moving to the best of your ability ability to do that and again like we said there are thousands of systems just pick one that you feel like yeah this really fits me it helps me get going forward pick something so just as we we finish what we've talked about is to pay attention to your rhythms, identify what you're trying to achieve first, chunk your time. Think about putting some of the key things and doing them together rather than just kind of whenever you get around to it. Chunk those, chunk your time and invest in a system. Find one that works for you and push it forward uh, and, and use it to do the things that you know are really important for your organization. You probably you probably already know this. There's no there is no magic trick to being Ms. or Mr. Productivity Wizard. Something that Nathan and I would not claim by any stretch of the imagination. For sure. Um, but just encourage you, uh, experiment, try a few things, find a system or a strategy that feels right, and then strive to be consistent. Intentionality and consistency are two key things in leading an organization work on being that 1% better every day. You don't have to make huge leaps, just do 1% better each day. And when you have a day or two that doesn't go well, and you feel like you're not being able to, to get much done, just come back to your system, go back to it and don't throw out, don't give up. There will always be more than you can accomplish in one day. That's just, that's the life we live. But don't give up and keep taking those small steps to be the best you can be in leading your organization. Well, thank you for listening today. If you are benefiting from what is being shared on this podcast, we would like to ask for you to share a review on whatever podcast platform you use. Let us know how the podcast is benefiting you. If you would like to get in touch with us, and we hope you do, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.